Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Max Graham and the Fam live at Galactic Get Down 5. That's right, we're back. And better than ever. And actually, from the comfort of our own homes, because the Roman numeral for 5 is V, and V stands for viral. This thing is online, on YouTube, and you too can enjoy it all weekend long. It's going on now till midnight, and then music starts at 3 tomorrow afternoon and runs till midnight again, and tomorrow's lineup is way better than today's, but it's all been stellar. Check it out. YouTube.com slash C slash Vicarious Visions MN. They even got a big Zoom chat. You can go and and join in the video and be part of a festival from wherever you are. The comfort of your home, your yard, the bath. Why not? Make it interesting. Galactic Get Down is free for everybody to enjoy this year. So why aren't you there? And of course, V not only stands for viral because it's all over the internet, but viral because... We have to have it on the internet because of the COVID-19 virus has gone viral over this year. It's kind of poignant. I mean, it's kind of almost made to be. It really is. It really is. And, and uh, huge props to the guys and gals at Get Down Enterprises for pulling this one together and still coming through for the people when really uh, in this in this kind of climate, you don't have to do that. Nobody's expecting that of you. No, you're kind of given a free pass, um, which is un- understandable. I don't even mean that in a negative way. I think everybody should be given a free pass, but the people that go above and beyond and follow through, such as the Galactic Get Down, should give a little extra praise because they didn't have to put that extra work in, and yet they are. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, this is B-Sticks Podcast, and we're going to be having the Galactic Get Down music in the background of our show live as it streams from them to us to you to us to them again like we always do about yes. this time Woo. it's good it's good perfect weather for a festival fat mac yes it's such a sad sad state that we're not allowed to go out and enjoy it especially I... after last year's debacle of a festival that kind of destroyed many uh, many folks' hopes and dreams, not to mention uh, tents, tents and vehicles. Canopies. Canopies. Uh, equipment. Yes, electronics. Oh, uh. such, so rough. Not good, not a positive at all, but pasty. There was a positive this week in pro wrestling history, Woo. but it happened 28 years ago. And it happened in Baltimore, Maryland, when Ron Simmons defeated Big Van Vader to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Now, with this win in the evening's main event, Simmons became the very first African-American to hold a major world title in wrestling. Though, as wrestling tends to be, it's controversial because some dispute that And they say that the first to do so was Bobo Brazil in the early 1960s because Bobo won the title from Buddy Rogers, the NWA title, in 1962. Although Brazil refused the title when Rogers claimed he had a groin injury. However, a later medical examination revealed that Rogers was not injured, leading to the title change to stand, so Bobo did win it. But this reign lasting for a total of over two months, is not recognized by the NWA. So it's kind of a a shared treatment. Not enough people give Bobo Brazil enough love for being the first African-American champion. Uh, But Ron Simmons is the first, I guess, uh, recognized world champion. So that is a huge deal for both of these young men. Yes, indeed. And it wouldn't happen again... I guess until, uh, who, do we want to say, I mean, I guess you could say R-Truth with the NWA title in TNA. For one minute. 
Yeah. Well, no, Booker T in, in WCW. Booker T in WCW. All right. Booker T won the WCW championship three times. Three times. So, and then R-Truth. Um, and then it gets kind of goofy after that. You got The Rock, who is like Samoan and African-American. Then you got Mark Henry, who held the ECW title, but it was during the WWE run. And it's like, what is that? You know, it, it gets kind of, uh, forgive the pun, gray after that. But for all intents and purposes, Ron Simmons is your very first african-american world heavyweight championship or world champion and uh and i think he deserves it anybody who's watched him throughout his time as ron simmons in nwa he was part of uh doom with butch reed in nwa one of the best tag teams and they were tag team champions he came into wwe and started the nation of domination went on to form the apa with uh bradshaw and they were huge and then kind of went on to become a cult classic with his catchphrase, Damn! Damn! Nice timing, family. Perfect. So, uh, give it up to the very first African-American world champion ever, Ron Simmons. Not a greater man uh, could be bestowed upon this, this honor. Truly. I love me some Ron Simmons. Uh, although I always know, think of him as Farouk from the APA. Right. But that's yeah, where I, he, he really, I didn't know him from WCW. There's, yeah, there's kind of two There's kind of two demographics of Ron Simmons fans. There's NWA, WCW Ron Simmons fans who think of him as the big badass Ron Simmons. And then there's the WWE fans who think of him as Farouk from the APA, who again was a big badass. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like he played the same character other than the short time that WCW had him play a, a gladiator with like a foam <laughs> sword and shitty shield. Like that was kind of sad. Uh, they made him play a gladiator. That was sad. Sometimes but, you gotta be a gladiator in WWE. <laughs> they just, they, they need that kind of content. Exactly. Uh, they need it for the financials, Fat Mac. They do, because they need to make money. They need to make money. And this is the headline story in this week's Shortage Sentinel. Yes. As we break into WWE's financial reportings for the second quarter of 2020, because they were released this Thursday. Woohoo! The second quarter for WWE dealt with a lot of forced adjustments, including multiple releases in the name of cost-effectiveness following the global COVID-19 pandemic. Yes. You want to bounce on this one? So second quarter 2020 headlights include, or highlights, I should say, revenues were $223.4 million which was down compared to 268.9 million the prior year quarter reflecting the timing of the company's large scale event in Saudi Arabia which of course they didn't have this year it's still just a drop in the bucket though when you're playing oh. with that kind of money oh true <laughs> revenues reach a record 514.4 million year to date representing 14% growth from the prior year period so they're actually their gross revenues is actually up 14%. I would assume a lot of that has to do with their downscaling. Yeah, so they actually probably. made money. Just by cutting those checks. Operating income was $55.7 as compared to $17.1 in the prior year quarter. That's a, that's a huge change. Yeah. Um, adjusted OBITDA increased, and OBITDA is, of course, all everything that you make before taxes, before income's taken out, before you're uh, paying your talent. It's basically just what happens before everything gets taken out. Increased to $73.5 million from $34.6 million. That's Damn. more than double this year. So while every other company's losing money, God, they Doubled their OBDA this year, Pasty. 
crazy. It's crazy. Uh, free version of WWE Network was announced on June 1st, unlocking a portion of WWE's content library to expand reach and engagement of its direct-to-consumer streaming service for all fans. WWE Network average paid subscribers declined in this quarter 1.5% to 1.66 million, while ending paid subscribers actually increased 6% to 1.69 million. So less people are taking the free subscription, but more people are paying for it. That surprises me, Pasty, in this economy. Yeah, I'm sure a lot more, a lot less fake email addresses are being used. Apparently, which again is again surprising. Yeah. Uh, digital video and views increased 10% to a record 9.9 billion, and hours consumed increased 15% to a record 374 million across digital and social media platforms. Holy shit. YouTube really is the king of entertainment these days. It's it's crazy. Truly. And of course the e-commerce, which is your online revenue, nearly doubled to twelve point six million, sustainably offsetting the loss of venue merchandise sales with seventy six fewer events this quarter. So basically what that means is even though they couldn't run live events due to COVID their online uh, marketing, uh, their, their, their revenue from online systems more than made up for their loss of real-life systems, which, kinda, which is kind of a sign of the times, isn't it, Pasty? Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering uh, when WWE goes for the free weekly wrestling show on YouTube. I don't yeah. understand why they haven't done that with main event already. That, I mean, it would be perfect for it. I mean, it's crazy pro- that you can lose all of your live event revenues and still make more money from your internet revenues. It's WWE as, as much shit as we give them, and they deserve every every bit of it. God, they do something right when it comes to business. They might not Vince do understands right the tech business. He doesn't understand the wrestling business. <laughs> yeah, for wrestling, they're not doing great, but goddamn, can they make money? And all of this, of course, is kind of uh, affected because of the, of course, the big COVID-19 outbreak that happened this year, Pasty. Yes, indeed. Uh, Due to COVID-19 and related government-mandated impacts on WWE, the company continued its various short-term cost reductions and cash flow improvement actions. These actions contributed to WWE's enhanced liquidity, which reached $548 million in cash and short-term investments as of June 30th, 2020. Damn. That's crazy. That means there is $548 million that they could literally sell tomorrow and have. Like, that's what, yeah. for those of you who, who are listening who might not know, liquidity is basically what you have that you can make money off of tomorrow. That's insane. That's a lot of money to just say, hey, tomorrow I'm just going to get rid of all of this. Talent. I have it. It's talent. <laughs> a lot of it's talent. Uh, a lot of it is, well, infrastructure. You know, they're Titan Towers and, and the God, performance it's got to feel good to be a liquid asset. And, yeah. Um, Pasty, the company is continuing to adapt its business to the changing environment with a focus on enhancing the production of content and furthering fan engagement in these COVID-19 times. Well, we know they listen to our podcast, so maybe they'll catch the galactic get-down live stream and figure out a thing or two about getting fans at home involved with the program. (sighs) You hope. Management may resume its opportunistic acquisition of stock under the company's 500 million share repurchase program. Subject to WWE's business outlook and liquidity, as well as whether share repurchases compare favorably to other capital allocation alternatives. Basically, I don't know what that means. I don't know. I said a bunch of words there, though. Yeah, I said I'll it. admit, I, I don't know. It has something to do with stocks, but I really don't know. Um, the last they thing sounded to... good together, though. All those. Oh, for real? I mean, it sounds legit. <laughs> I'd, I'd buy it. I'd probably invest in it. 
Uh, last thing to do with the COVID-19 actions and business outlook, management continues to believe the company's growth prospects remain strong and that WWE is well positioned to take full advantage of the changing media landscape and increasing value of live sports rights over the long term. Rey Mysterio's eye was a liquid asset. They said $5.8 million by removing it. I think so. You know? I mean, you could easily <laughs> just ask PCO about that. He'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you. Uh, despite new regulations being updated in the state of Florida due to COVID-19, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter reported how there's a belief that WWE can't be shut down in Florida due to Linda McMahon's super pack. That's, that's X-Pac, right? She's got a giant robotic X-Pac. She's got a giant Sean <laughs> Waltman just ready to X-Factor anybody Full who gets of in yeast infection, just stuffed with it. but that that super PAC is pledging to spend 18.5 million in the sunshine state for donald trump's 2020 re-election campaign and due to florida governor ron DeSantis being loyal to trump it is also noted by a source of the situation via the observer that wwe chairman and ceo vince mcmahon has DeSantis by the balls yes he does It's no secret that DeSantis wants WrestleMania to return to Florida once sports leagues are able to resume somewhat regular operations with fans. She's basically holding them hostage. Florida's going to be the killing lands. Like, they're just going to send us there to die of COVID. They're going to call your number, you're going to get drafted, and you have to go watch a wrestling show. We really should just blast it and and, and get it off of the entire United States, you know? (laughs) I know California's the one that's got to fall off. Why? Yeah, no, we want to get rid of Florida. We don't need it. Uh, But it's true. I mean, it's true. There's a a huge political advantage that Vince McMahon has – as to how his business is run, and that's uh, to excuse me for using this phrase, but that's mafioso. It is, it is truly. And, and Trumpy's in Vince's mafia. Oh, hundred percent, or vice versa. <laughs> yeah, either way, yeah. either way, I'm sure they both think they're the Don. Don, oh, like, oh, of course. course. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, great. I love it. Oh, pasty. Um, Thursday, Progress Pro Wrestling released some thorough guidelines on its website due to the speaking out movement that shook up the world of professional wrestling. But no greater part of the world felt its reverberance more than the United Kingdom. So providing fans with an open book to look at several of their new policies that are going to be implemented moving forward, Progress Pro Wrestling uh, put out these documents, including a manifesto, policies for safeguarding, whistleblowing, and for the audience. They also include a code of conduct for its staff and talent. Among other news, the announcement does make clear that John Brilly is now the sole owner of the promotion. Now, there is a huge uh, uh, manifesto that's been put out for this. We, we can't read it all here. It would just take all day. It would be boring and nobody would want to listen to it. So feel free to go online and just look it up. Progress Pro Wrestling Manifesto. It's going to pop right up for you. It'll There's be a, a good toilet to read, it. though. Yeah, go and skim through it, if nothing else. Uh, it, it is good that they're doing this, though, because, of course, as we mentioned, not only has the wrestling world been hit by this, but the U.K. market so much. Oh, yeah. And it's good to see that progress is actually making, excuse the pun, progress in adapting to these times. <laughs> yes, indeed. PW Insider is reporting United States District Court of the Middle District of Tennessee Chief Judge Waverly D. Crenshaw Jr. officially declared a mistrial in the Jeff Jarrett and Global Wrestling Entertainment versus Anthem Wrestling lawsuit. God, that's a lot to put in there, buddy. It is. Anthem is the parent company of Impact Wrestling, of course. Anthem had filed for a mistrial earlier this week after the jury found them liable. The company claims that Jeff Jarrett's attorney 
had prejudiced the jury by noting them that Anthem's Ed Nordholm was not president, uh, present on July 20th for the court proceedings. Anthem also claims they brought up numbers during the liabilities portion of the closed arguments, even when it was stressed by the court that those were to be left for discussion when it was time to cover the potential damages. The original verdict has been vacated, and the jury has been dismissed. Why can, I say I'm, can I say I'm just glad that Jeff Jarrett didn't win this against Anthem? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know anything about the business involved between the two, but I'm still voting for Anthem over <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. I'm sorry. I mean, he went back to WWE. Fuck yeah. Him. Fuck him, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sell your gold to Vince McMahon. <laughs> Buy his gold, I guess. I know you yep. got some old belts laying around here, Vince. Uh, Pasty, over the last few weeks, AEW has handedly beaten NXT in key rating demographics. Although the two are pretty even overall, dating back to the start of the Wednesday Night Wars, they, they've been trading wins left and right over the complete ratings. Well, Alfred Kanua, wrestling analyst to Forbes.com, was asked how serious a threat AEW is to WWE when he joined the Wrestling Inc. Daily Podcast this week. He said, quote, I'll tell you what, anybody who's not taking AEW seriously as a threat to WWE, whenever that question is posed, people look at that and say, oh, they could never replace WWE. They've been around for 50 years. Yeah, brand recognition is one thing. But if you want to talk about here and now in the year 2020, AEW absolutely is a threat. And I'll tell you why. It's because the 18 to 49 demographic that AEW has absolutely overachieved, stated Kanau. He then added that with AEW's success with the Target demo, networks like USA may take a look at them when their and WWE's contracts come up for renewal. Yes, indeed. Um, so a lot of speculation, not necessarily news, but I think it's worth it's worth noting. I do have a bit of an in-depth look at this week's ratings coming up a little bit later in the show. I like so, that, Pasty. Yes, I like that. We will get to that soon. Miroslav Barnyashev, the former Rusev, has been banned from Twitch. Oh, no. Rusev recently launched his Twitch account for streaming and interacting with fans. But now the page gives the following message. Sorry, unless you've got a time machine, that content is unavailable. It's assumed Rusev's account was suspended after he and Lana were filming near a pool with Lana wearing a bikini. This may have violated the strict Twitch community guidelines for nudity and attire, which includes swimwear. Come on. <sighs> Come on. Come on. It's okay, wow. Rusev. We'll watch you on YouTube. That's just, that's just something else. Mm-hmm. But if you want to talk about something else, I got something that's something, something, something else. And that is the fact that Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows announced their upcoming event, Talkin' Shop-A-Mania, pasty, on August 1st, 2020, at 9 p.m. Eastern. And its theme will be Wrestling's Greatest Parody Event, which already just has me salivating. I can't wait. Excellent. Some matches already announced are a bone, a boner yard match. <laughs> Not a boneyard match, but a boner <laughs> yard match. And the social distancing battle royal, which I cannot wait to see how That's social amazing. distancing battle royal works. <laughs> uh, appearances will be made by Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows, Rocky Romero, Chico El Luchador, Sex Ferguson, Chad Too Bad, Heath Miller, Brian Myers, Chavo Guerrero, Alex Kozlov, Mike Bennett, Maria Canellis Bennett, Robert Gibson, Ricky Morton, David Penzer, D'Lo Brown, Rhino, Willie Mack, Johnny Swinger, Swoggle, Scott D'Amore, Teddy Long, Mike Knox, Lodi, Sick Boy, Big Reese, Chris Blatton, Ken Beckner, Tyson Dean, Jeff Lewis, Neil, Paul Lee, Francisco Chiazzo, George North, and more. 
and anybody listening to this who would love to watch this can purchase access for the event for only $14.99 on Fight TV. For that price, I'll buy it three times. Yeah, August 1st. August 1st at 9 p.m. This sounds like it's going to be a whole hell of a lot of fun. August 1st. That's tomorrow if you're listening live. Going to be a whole hell of a lot of fun. Sounds like fun. I'm excited. So, source uh, that was at AEW's Dynamite tapings this week reported that Eric Bischoff will make his debut for the company as a moderator for a debate between Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy on Wednesday's Dynamite. There is no confirmation yet that Bischoff will continue to do business with AEW, but that would make sense. In a recent 83 Weeks interview with Tony Khan, Khan was definitely buttering him up with praise, saying that there would be no AEW without WCW and there would be no wrestling on TNT without Eric Bischoff. Wasn't wasn't wrestling on TV before Eric Bischoff? Uh, actually, WWE was on um, Turner I mean, broadcasting before Eric Bischoff, okay. to be honest. Not TNT, but before, but on Turner for sure. It's T- some good uh, ass-kissing on Tony Khan's part. Though. Oh, I, I listened to it, and um, I got to be honest, I didn't like it because it was literally two guys sucking each other's cocks. <laughs> like, so they had to do a usually, video, and you would have been all for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd have loved that. See, I want to see him finish. But it's like Eric, I don't know Tony Khan. I haven't heard a lot about Tony Khan, but Eric usually isn't one to really jerk somebody off. But I was listening to it, and I got halfway through it when I stopped because they were both just sucking each other's dicks so hard. And I was like, this isn't even fun anymore. Like, I I wanted to hear them, you know, ask about things or call each other out or ask certain questions or this or that. And it was like, it was a dick-sucking contest. And... I didn't enjoy it. I, I, I'm going to be honest, and I love 83 Weeks. The last one they did was an Ask Eric Anything, and it was a very good one. But, yeah, that one was difficult because both of them just – you could tell – going into it, I could tell, okay, they're going to do something with Eric now because this is basically just uh, – this is just them setting up an angle. This oh, is an angle. Eric's probably going to wind up as, as, as Tony's second, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was completely an angle. It wasn't a good show, but um, it's not going to hurt them to have Eric Bischoff on their show as a, at least on an on-air talent. I don't think as a backstage talent either. I think he would be useful, but for sure as an on-air talent, he's definitely useful. Yeah. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see where that goes. But of course, Pasty, now you can't talk WCW and TNT without talking about ratings wars. And in this new era, AEW seems to be taking the lead. As this week's episode saw 773,000 viewers for AEW compared to NXT's 707,000 viewers. And Dynamite almost doubled viewers in the key demographic for 18 to 40, as they were talking about earlier. So they're continuing to keep the lead in the demographic for sure. They're trading wins back and forth in the uh, overall, but the, the, the demographic of 18 to 40, AEW keeps a strong hold on that. So is it children or really old people watching WWE? I think it's children, and I think that's what WWE markets towards. You know what I mean? Well, then they should you go look back at, to Saturday morning wrestling, right? Well, aren't they? Basically. They, yeah, but I mean literally. <laughs> well, no, because they got a good time slot where they're at. But, yeah, I mean, kids don't watch cartoons Saturday You know, the majority anymore. of the, exactly, the majority of the stuff they sell, they're uh, action figures, they're plush dolls, they're video games, they're, um, now they got um, phone apps, you know. They're not wrong, I mean, you know, they say 18 to 40 is the key demographic, and it kind of still is for advertisers. But, I, again, I think in this changing world, I don't know that that's true, that that's the best for advertisers. Because I, I almost think, at least you might know too, as a parent of kids who are under 18, I spend a lot more on on them than I do on myself. Oh, yeah, of course. So it's almost... 
not necessarily a bad idea to focus on the under 18 group. And, you know, WWE did that throughout the 80s and made a shit ton of money. Yeah, advertisers hate that they just can't hit hit that demographic like they used to be able to. Yeah, and even in the uh, late 90s during the Attitude Era, some of the biggest sales were to little kids. Yep. You know what I mean? Even while they were doing the uh, Suck It and Austin flipping them off and Hell Yeah and all of that, um, the cat's tits being exposed on Monday Night <laughs> Raw, all that shit happened. Yeah. They were still probably selling more to the young kids than the 18 to 40. So I, I'm not saying it's wrong or not. And of course, 18 to 40 is the demographic that most uh, that most advertisers want. But it's, it's a different the world same now. Age bracket of parents, generally. Yeah, and, and it's a but it's a different world now where advertising on TV is less of a a piece of the pie than it used to be back during the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Advertising on TV is probably, God, gotten less than half than what it used to be, probably. I'd say internet is the biggest. Yeah, the internet, the internet's really swooping in and taking things over. Like I said, YouTube is a powerhouse when it comes to any kind of content digestion. For sure. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And YouTube gets me. They have those those ads, and it's like skip ad in five seconds, but I'll watch it, and I start liking what I watch. I'll keep watching it, even though I can literally skip it at any time. I'll continue to watch it because I enjoy it. Yeah, the only thing that gets me is when they sneak in like the thirty-minute ads. That's a video in itself. I don't know if you get that very often, but it I've does never happen. See, somebody else told me about that, and I've never had a video longer than fifteen seconds yeah. that I can't skip. It so, might be it might be only like when you're watching on computer or like a console see, or something. That's, because yeah, that's what I've heard is is on computer it does that. They can't I watch get you on, with the ribbon bands on TV either. But you every fucking video you get a click out of three of those. <laughs> Yeah, I watch on both console and smart TV, and I've never gotten those. But a coworker of mine said he would get those a lot too. But he said it was on computer, so I think I don't know how they do it. But man, they it's it's different from where you watch it for sure. Yeah, and I think because they know, you know what well, I mean. When you're watching it on TV, they know you're not gonna put up with that shit. When you're watching it on computer, you're just gonna sit there and watch it. Yep. Yep. And that's, that's, you know, the, the big thing is shorter content on YouTube generates more ads per video. So you're getting more ads in your digestion than you generally would on TV in most cases. Oh, yeah, 100. Yeah. <clears throat> yep, just, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm happy to see AEW's in the lead here, and I'm hoping they hold it for 84 weeks. I I hope they uh, I hope they keep it. I just hope they keep it to where they stay viable. I want it to be AEW and WWE neck and neck, and then going forward, I want to see Impact move up to there and have the three of them neck and neck. And then moving forward, NWA or MLW and like I that's what I really want to see. I'm, I'm happy that they're all doing well, and maybe they can all do well in different different demographics. And so they'll get different advertisers, and they're not even fighting for the same advertisers. Then they could you know be partners. I mean? They could partner up, and the world could rejoice. Yeah, they and they could do cure that. COVID, and yeah, cancer, and poverty. They won't do that. <laughs> but as it is now, Pasty, it's almost just a just a big nightmare. Yes, indeed. Ah, the Nightmare Factory Wrestling School has officially announced their launch for the week of Monday, September 21st. The school in Norcross, Georgia will begin development camps for up to and or for up and coming pro wrestling talents that week. The camps are running for three months at a time. AEW used the facility for some of their dynamite and dark TV tapings. AEW Executive Vice President and TNT Champion Cody Rhodes is a coach, as is QT Marshall, Carolyn Fiazzo Quarry. Exactly. And is the nutritionist. And Rhodes and Marshall are also the owners and operators. So we got a new uh, new wrestling school coming out. Yes. And you could almost uh, you can you can almost guarantee 
that it's going to be a feeder system for AEW. Oh, of course, of course. This is this is your NXT right here. Yeah. Uh, Which isn't a good. bad thing. It's every good. yeah, every major company has had a, a, a feeder system, and that's that's very good. We like that. Yeah, yeah, and like we were saying last week, like Dark, they've been featuring a lot of not signed talent, and yep. and I would like to see them go through this developmental and come back to AEW because a lot of these talents have been fairly impressive because they do let them get some offense in in these matches which is something WWE only does if you don't have a chin well pasty if you want to hear about uh some people who are making a name for themselves in AEW uh we got comings and goings and we definitely got some updates for you on AEW we're going to start out with former WWE star Zack Ryder who debuted on AEW to help Cody from an attack on this week's Dynamite. Zack Ryder, who now goes by the name Matt Cardona. Arn Anderson added that the broski and Cody go a long way back, and Cody has full trust in Matt Cardona. And next week he's going to hit Cody directly in the face with a chair. <laughs> we hope they play it out longer than that. <laughs> I had to when I heard he was there. I had to go check it out, and I was kind of disappointed to see that Cody was getting jumped by the Dark Order. But you know, it is what it is, and, and whatever. Uh, but uh, uh, I gotta say, Matt Cardona looks way bigger than Zack Ryder ever did, and I think uh, I'm interested to see what what comes of this. I know he's Cody's friend, and he's just getting preferential treatment and whatever. But uh, I don't know. We all liked Long Island IZ back in the day. I'd like to see what he can do when he's given the cue to go. So I have a question. Do you think he looks bigger because he's bulked up over his uh, hiatus? Or do you think it's a uh, Impact Ring of Honor sort of deal where NXT sort of deal where he looks bigger because he's in a group of folks that are just... A little bit smaller on average. I think it's definitely both. Yeah? Because he definitely, he's got an intimidating presence to him. Heath Slater tried to do the same thing on, on Slammiversary. And he, he, he kind of had a better look than he did on WWE, but it was still Heath Slater at the end of the day. I feel really? like Matt Cordona and Zack Ryder are two different beings. And I'm, I'm looking forward to what we get out of this. Cool beans. Yes. Former WWE talent and do- Total Divas star Cameron. I've been missing her so much. The Funkadactyls all day, baby. Well, she's now all elite under the new name of Arian Andrew. She's now tag team partners of former AEW women's champion Nyla Rhodes in the AEW women's tag team tournament. And I'm expecting them to win. <laughs> yeah, I think they could definitely win this one. That's, I don't a, that's a dominant team, and I'm I actually if they make it to the finals and lose and have a fallout and there's a match, I'm totally down with that too. Right? Yes. And uh, with all the uh, ex WWE names coming in, I gotta be honest, this next one, Pasty, coming to AEW is the one that I'm most excited for. To be honest. AEW also announced that indie wrestling veteran Eddie Kingston is signed with the company. Yes, the 18-year veteran pro has had stints with Ring of Honor, the NWA, Chikara Pro, and Impact Wrestling, CZW, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. AEW wrote in a tweet today... As we record this, welcome to the team, Mad King Eddie Kingston. He is all elite. Sign Eddie Kingston is now Eddie Kingston is signed. The former Chikara Grand Champion and CZW Heavyweight Champion made his AEW debut last week by answering the open challenge by AEW TNT Champion Cody Rhodes. Now, Cody did win that match, but Kingston re- uh, received rave reviews in and out of the company. Kingston reacted to the announcement by writing, The stray dog is off the chain. Now, there's no news on if he will still work with NWA like others have or is joining exclusively, but I am so excited to see Eddie Kingston there because he is one badass wrestler who deserves oh, yeah. so much more than he's gotten. Dude, the big guys are coming. 
They AEW are. AEW is not going to be little guys forever. And I'm, I'm interested in seeing what happens with this changing of the guard. Like, it's going to be a whole different feel for AEW going forward. Which and is I'm good. Excited. Yes. Yeah, very good to have the... Uh, to have the variety like no three months ago i would have said there's nobody feasible to take the title off of john moxley but like now it's kind of starting to pile up a little bit it's cool right? it's cool I, I like it a lot uh welcome eddie kingston to AEW. it's great pw insider and fightful have both reported leon ruff has officially signed with wwe this comes in the wake of the closing and purchase of Evolve Wrestling, where Ruff was once a tag team champion. Before signing Ruff, has been rough in WWE rings. With such talent as Aleister Black, Karrion Cross, and Sheamus. Outside the ring, Leon is in a relationship with Aja Smith. She recently made history by becoming the first African-American female WWE referee. That's cool. Cool stuff. Yeah. I'm looking forward to WWE misusing him and then letting him go. <laughs> For sure. Undoubtedly. Um, talking about people that WWE misuse, FTR are officially all elite. You may think this is redundant news, but uh, they have officially they have an official contract now, rather than operating on a handshake deal, which apparently they have been doing up until now. So, yeah, I, I remember just like a month ago they were talking about how they weren't going to sign to one place and they wanted to bounce yep. around and do their thing. That's why the name was floating and going to change. And so now they've they've signed an exclusive deal, so they are exclusively all elite. I'm I'm excited for that too. I just. I really want their tag team division to really get its gears in motion because yeah, they do. They have the best tag team division out there. They're just oh, not being anywhere. used right at the moment. A hundred percent. One hundred percent they do. Yes. Uh, and, of course, Excalibur missed a Wednesday's AEW Dynamite tapings. No reason was given for his absence at the time, but Dave Meltzer noted on Wrestling Observer Radio that Excalibur made it to Jacksonville, Florida to fulfill his role as an announcer on the show, but he was held off from TV due to a video that has recently been trending online that shows both AEW announcer and Excalibur and current WWE star Kevin Owens using racial slurs during a promo at a PWG show in the early 2000s. The video has been posted on social media over the years, but regained traction over the past week. Excalibur can be seen grabbing the microphone and asking if Super Dragon feels comfortable replacing them with the men in the ring. However, he uses racial slurs to describe them. Owens then grabs the mic and emphasizes one of the slurs to further antagonize on one of the opponents, Human Tornado. Owens' racist line was actually taken from Steve Austin in The Longest Yard, in which Austin played a racist police officer. There was a lot of wrestlers saying some bad stuff in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is, first of all, this this is bad. And just to let uh, people listening get an idea what they said, um, they used the uh, bean word in hey, referring legume. to... To a Hispanic and the N-word in referring to an African-American. Now, this this is one of those weird things. It was a different time. They were playing a character. Do I personally, Fat Mac, think that they believed the things they were saying and were saying those things out of spite and hatred? I do not, personally. I think they were playing a role and they said what they were saying in a company that used racism as part of their storylines and happened often at that time. Uh, look back to Vince McMahon using the N-word. Yeah. It happened. Look at the entire JBL run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, it's not right. It's not right at all. It wasn't right then, let alone now. Uh, do you punish the guys now? Honestly, I guess that's up to the companies that they work for. Yeah, honestly, for AEW, it's probably smartest to keep them off TV, at least for this week. They, they, they should be longer, but we saw last week with the Sammy Guevara's return that four weeks is 
probably the most we can probably <laughs> expect out of it. Right. Um, after after hearing about this from you, I definitely think this is more on the, the promotion and the, the booker for, for coming up with this angle in the first place. I agree. But this is the early 2000s. At this point, we knew it was okay to say no to being racist. Yep. And so, eh, one other thing is I've heard all week about, about Excalibur. I haven't heard shit about Kevin Owens until we got together to do this show tonight. Well, and you why know, why Owens, is Kevin Owens getting a pass all of a sudden? Because he's cool and a WWE guy? Uh? I will say, though, Kevin Owens has been on the wrong side of Vince McMahon plenty of times when it comes to Saudi Arabia, when it comes yeah. to COVID, yeah. when it came to staying home for his family and other issues. <laughs> this could be the thing for Vince McMahon to just let him go. At the same time, this is at a time where... Impact and AEW are picking up wrestlers left and right, yes, and Kevin Owens makes a big impact, excuse the pun, either of those promotions, if not more. Dude, I think Kevin Owens has to go back to Ring of Honor, honestly. You know, that Bring would be Steen. awesome. That would help Ring of Honor yeah. a lot to have an original like Steen. Um, so uh, for those of you out there... Go ahead and look it up yourself. We're not gonna we're not gonna post it on our Facebook page because we don't want to support the the racial slurs being out there because there's always those dumbasses who are like hell yeah woo-hoo, speak the truth brother especially in the wrestling circles. So we're not gonna post it on our Facebook page, but it's it's easy to go find, very easy to go find. Um, it is hard to listen to, but at the same time, like I said, it, to me, it seems like they're just playing a role. Um, doesn't excuse it. Again, does not excuse it. No. And to be honest, I'd like to hear from both of the uh, wrestlers in the ring how they felt about it. And we haven't, at least as of this recording, I haven't heard anything about them. I'll reach out to their people and try to get them on the podcast next week. You do that, Paste. Okay. Um, but it's... Um, to be, I mean, to we be can honest, talk about it's, Sasha it's, Banks and things we want to do to her. It's definitely not good <laughs> for Excalibur or Kevin Owens. In my opinion, it it looks very ugly. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. And and like I said, it bothers me that I'm hearing about Excalibur and not Kevin Owens. And right, that's just a whole other layer of shit. Uh, but yeah, um, the shit onion gets a little deeper as we dive into this week's injury report. Yes, thankfully, Pasty, not a lot on the injury report. We love when we have not much. We love it even better when we have nothing. But I have some positive news for you. It appears Drew Gulak is ready to run the ropes once more after being sent to the squared circle sidelines due to internal injury after Shorty G. I still can't get used to calling him that. <laughs> tossed him over the ropes during his fatal four-way match uh, weeks back on SmackDown. But old Coach Drew has luckily recuperated and should be back on TV fairly soon. Woohoo! I love some goo-goo. Uh, English pro wrestling veteran Mark Rollerball Rocco passed away at age 69. Rollerball was featured a featured competitor in companies like Joint Promotions, All-Star Wrestling, and even New Japan Pro Wrestling as the original Black Tiger. His family has been involved with the business for generations, as his father was British pro wrestler Jim Hussey, and his son is boxer Jono Rocco Hussey. Rocco is a regular on ITV's World of Sport, a British television program that ran from 1965 through 1985. There he feuded with some of the best light heavyweights to emerge from the UK, including Dynamite Kid. Yeah, I don't know much about uh, Mark Rocco at all, to be honest, but um, being the original Black Tiger and having feuds with Dynamite Kid and being a part of ITV's World of Sport, which was the uh, European wrestling show out there, uh, he has my respect, even me just learning about him just now. So rest in peace. We hope the best. You know, we, we say it all the time, but we hope the best for his family and his friends, but... Um, we're, we're thankful for the, uh, for what he committed to the business. Yes. Ah, well, Fat Mac, that brings us to the end of the show. 
No more news this week. Time to get done with the get down. Get done with the get down so we can get down to some get mold. Yes, and folks, for the last half of the podcast, you've been listening to Carnage the Executioner. One of the, one of the, I like to call him the founding fathers of hip-hop in Minnesota. Um, he's, he's been a, a big part of the community for as long as I have been into it, and that is uh, over half of my life at this point. Um, so so it, it's, it's pretty awesome that he's finally playing a galactic get-down. It's a shame that we're not all there live, but wonderful, wonderful stuff. You can rewatch these videos, rewatch the whole festival anytime you want to. Once again, at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Vicarious Visions MN. MN for Minnesota, folks. Uh, once again, going till midnight tonight, starting up at 3 p.m. tomorrow. Going till midnight. It's a full fledged festival with live painting, fire spinners, merchants. And you can come hang out with us in the Zoom chat. After we get off this podcast, Fat Mac's going to take his ass to bed. And Pasty's going to go over and party with the people. Yes. 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 So with that, uh, we'll see you next week. It may be a day early or we may be a week off. We'll find out and you'll know when it happens, I guess. (laughs) Of course. Yes. (laughs) All right, With that guys. being said, thank you very much. We appreciate your galactic get-together with us this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Yes, yes. Come on over. Uh, String Dingers is starting now. Iron Star right after. And a few more bands to go after that. Let's get down. Did you get down?